Destination Medicine is a joint project of the regional training hubs. This podcast series brings you medical students' accounts of their experience in applying to study medicine. Welcome to Destination Medicine. I'm Peter Letts. Casarina Mann, or Kaz, has one of those stories that stops you in your tracks. Brought up in a blended household in regional and remote communities, this proud Indigenous woman, who lived through some profound family adversity, has certainly earned a high-achieving reputation. From humble beginnings, she's gone on to undertake international tours, a stint at Oxford, and studies in clinical embryology. Kaz starts by describing her early life to Nicole Goodman. Well, my name is Kazarina Mann. I'm named after a Native Australian tree, a she-oak, a Kazarina. I am a proud Aboriginal woman. I am from Kukuyalanji, Gugayimidia nations through my nan and Mabarum and Yudinji nations through my grandfather. I also come from a blended family. So my dad is a country boy from Victoria who left and found himself in the world of theatre and entertainment as a stage manager in lighting and sound and eventually finding some interest in health, becoming an acupuncturist. And my mum left Cape York, far north Queensland, to become a professional modern dancer And she also became a founding member of Australia's largest First Nations dance company now, Bangara. And I have a sister. We share the same dad. We have different mums. And she's from Detroit, Michigan. And so I've grown up with a really blended sort of family, exposed to many different walks of life. I feel in my formative years, I spent a lot of time in rural Australia, remote Australia, my first memory was actually in the deserts of Kununurra, <laughs> northern WA. And my first overseas trip was to Horn Island, then Saibai Island, which is the Torres Strait Islands. You can actually see PNG from the coast as you look out on a clear day. So, yeah, my formative years were definitely spent amongst culture, amongst language, amongst dance. And I think that kind of definitely instilled in me a lot of grounding and a lot of versatility. A lot of ability to move and adapt and embrace different spaces around you for sure. Yeah, definitely. That led itself into my schooling as well. Mm. So I did schooling both in Sydney, big city Sydney, as well as Cairns. And so I split between schools, both in primary school and high school, always moving, always adapting, like you say, Mm. and then came back to Sydney again, maybe when I was 15, I think, 14, and did my last years and then university back in Sydney as well. With parents in such diverse professions, how did you come to medicine? Was there something specific that motivated you to become a doctor? I don't know if it was a specific thing. I think you hear lots of people say, you know, cumulative experiences over life. And as like you can hear with my family, everybody has had some sort of connection with the body, whether it be through movement, whether it be through expression, Mm -hmm. whether it be through interest or whether it be through health. And so 
I think I've always had intrigue surrounding the natural world, also with all the places that I've visited. And it just so happened that I kept focusing in on the body, the natural way that it worked, the pathology, the way that it didn't work, Mm. and just found that as I kept wanting to learn in my interest areas, the paths just sort of opened up and I took steps towards those. And then I think I've had probably two key moments where the health system has come into my life and sort of planted a seed of whether this could be an interest area for me. And one was with when I was nine, my sister was pregnant and gave birth to my niece. Mm. And throughout her pregnancy, I was obsessed, (laughs) obsessed with telling her what each week was like, what she could be experiencing, what development could be occurring. And literally I'd pull the book out every time and start taking her through it. She was like, I don't really care about this too much, (laughs) but obviously I did. And she was happily like letting me explore that interest area. And I was nine at the time. And then I got to be there for the birth as well. And that was incredible. It was actually a family affair. There were lots of people in the room. And when we talk about it, she's happy with that. She wouldn't have it any other way. Good. Thank goodness. So that's good. But, yeah, that was probably a really key positive moment where I was like, this is so interesting. This is incredible. And then secondarily, a little bit more on the solemn side was when I was 12 or 13, my dad was diagnosed with terminal cancer, Mm. metastatic terminal cancer and colon cancer, Mm. I think it was. And so we had to go through many years Mm. of being in the hospital several days a week for tests or chemo or treatment. And I got to know the team quite well. I was a bit of dad's sidekick at the time. My sister is 16 years my senior. Mm. So I got to really spend a lot of time in the the hospital system there as well. And so I thought, you know, it'd be incredible to be a part of this journey, whether it be supporting people through a really tough time and making like a positive difference or supporting people through their happiest days and supporting what they would like in their journey. Mm. And I just thought either way you can make a real difference and help people in their lives. Absolutely. So, and I think, you know, when you finish school, you don't know what you'd really like to do. Mm. And I had a great friendship circle and a great school that I went to in high school, but with moving and with the things going on in life, family life, you know, it was hard to feel on top of things. And so I didn't get the best ATAR, but I worked hard. And so, you know, I was thinking, what do I want to do? And people sort of, they set the bar sort of low. So they would be like, just see what you can do. And I don't know if it was expected that I were to go into uni, but I was interested in it. And I ended up applying for a Bachelor of Health Sciences And that gave me the opportunity to explore what the health world could be. And I majored in psychology and that gave me a bit of background into health. And then after that, I realised I liked the hands-on experience more. I liked development. I liked obstetrics and human development and 
Luckily enough, during that year of exploration, I found this tour that was an international study tour run by Aurora Foundation, Mm. and they take 15 to 20 high-achieving Indigenous students over to the UK and the US to explore further tertiary education. And the thing about these programs is that there's a lot of black excellence. Mm. And so when you apply for things like this, they are truly excellent. Yeah. (laughs) So you are amongst people who are the first in their fields, the first leaving their family behind. They know what it's like to be the only black fellow in the room or in their line of work Mm. and what that takes. And often they've still got their mob on their back. And, you know, like what Barker says, you know, like I'm tied to my mob and my mob's on my back. Mm. And it really feels like that. I was luckily enough accepted and went on this tour with incredible people, not only in health, in human rights law, in science fiction, in animation, Mm. and they were really, really excelling in their fields. Mm. And it made me go, I can also do this. I should also try and see where I can go. So I ended up meeting a lot of people from the US and the UK, researchers, and it made you realise like these prestigious universities, you know, they're not an enigma. Mm. They are also people who are passionate and wanting to study in their respective fields. And I was like, I'm one of those people. Absolutely. I I like to learn. I I like to learn and I want to be in this field. So I ended up applying for a Master's of Science in Clinical Embryology at the University of Oxford and ended up being accepted and ended up then following that pathway and I did that from 2019 to 2020 and that really started to make me believe like I could apply for medicine as well which is what led me to do that I came home I'd finished my master's of science I said if I can do that there I can do medicine here and so I applied what an exceptional story that is just phenomenal from your upbringing to the family triumph and tragedy to the Aurora study. It's actually a beautiful, beautiful story. What a great foundation. Yeah. So when you decided that you were going to apply for medicine, did you enter through a specific pathway? I did. It was during COVID, Mm. actually, and everything was up in the air. Mm. So a lot of interviews weren't sort of going ahead. I'd done the GAMSAT actually before I had gone overseas Mm. and I applied through every single university because why not try your luck everywhere? It's a competitive entry program. So yeah, you have to think broadly. Well, there's no doubt that you've worked exceptionally hard and absolutely deserve the place that you have. So with all of that, tell us a little bit about your overall experience in applying for medicine. How was that for you? I think it was an interesting thought process to have in that once I believed that I could do it academically, so the Mm self-belief, 
there was additional considerations that were probably culturally based. Mm -hmm. Things like, will I be able to do this alone? Are there other students going to be in my year, in my stream at the uni? Will it be safe Mm -hmm. to do so, Mm -hmm. culturally safe? Because you hear a lot of horror stories in successful areas Mm. um, for people. So I got in touch with a lot of students that I could find that were also from different communities, so different Indigenous med students who were in respective years at the different universities and said, what is it like? How is it for you? Mm. Do you get support? Is there a community, Mm. essentially? You know, that was important for me because if this is going to be four years of my life and then who could be my potential colleagues in the future, it's an uphill battle already Mm. for any medical student. So why not try and see if there are foundations in place to support you along the journey? And I found that with the University of Sydney. Luckily, that's not for every year. My year, there were eight eight applicants and eight Indigenous medical students' Mm. perspective. Mm. And when we started, we were all together and we all got to meet each other. And still to this day, we are supporting one another through this journey. Additionally, family is hugely supportive of me leaving home (laughs) (laughs) and being in an area that's a little bit different from everybody else. But very, very supportive. Amazing. So is this worth my time being away and will I be able to bring something back? I wanted it to be a successful venture. It's great that your family's been so supportive of you and were encouraging you to go and study away from home. How have you felt being away from home and away from family? How have you dealt with that? Yeah, it's interesting, right, because I've grown up in both the big smoke and exposed to culture and country. So in some ways I feel lucky to have developed a chameleon skin, really. And I had to do that through high school. I had to do that through uni Mm. and I'm still doing that now. And the thing that gets me through is that I go back home. Yeah, yeah. So I know Sydney really well. I have like a city community there essentially where, you know, filled with theatre and language and culture. Mm. And I also have my heritage, like my family back in far north Queensland and I go back to visit them and we're so close, Mm. like so, so very close. And that is essential for me. Like being grounded in that is 100% necessary for me to keep going. In fact, that is where I will be next year, spending time with my nan and some of the aunties Mm. that are up there and making sure that as I go through this journey, you know, I'm seeing what's happening at home. I'm showing my face again, saying, this is what I'm doing. What can I look out for? You know, Mm. what do I need to be aware of? What gold standards in health that exist in the cities need to be brought back? Or what areas are they excelling in, in community health that I need to bring back to the city and say, why can't we do that here? Why can't we care for our 
people here better, you know. Absolutely. So I think there's a symbiotic relationship that can happen there and I'm really eager to make sure that I never lose touch of that as I go through this journey, mm. which is why I also think spending time rurally, whether in Queensland or up in the Cape or here in New South Wales, is beneficial Yeah, because I hope to do that at some point within the career, the long career that I hope to have. For sure, for sure you will. You mentioned studying rurally. You're currently studying at Rural Clinical School Campus in Orange. Has your clinical experience been different to your previous metro placements and in what way? Clinically, it feels different. There are smaller groups who are on the wards or in different specialties. And that puts you in a position of making the most of the exposure that you have, because often you literally are the only one in the room, Mm -hmm. and also making you a little bit more accountable. And accountable in a way that's, I think, a different mindset to being a medical student so you're worried that you might get the question wrong I found a lot of times Mm. or that it'll look poorly on my character but here it feels like you're a bit more a part of a team so when questions are asked or when requests are made you kind of feel like oh I know what's happening with this patient I know this team I know they're asking for the benefit of the patient and where we're going in the future. And secondarily, I happen to be being taught and learning at the same time. And so that pressure of that you put on yourself, like I can't be wrong any time at all, is shifted to being aware of the care that you'll eventually be giving people. Mm. And that exposure has come with being put in the deep end a little bit more because of the smaller numbers Mm. and people know you they get to know your face they get to know your name they get to know your story and it gives you a place of community but learning at the same time Mm. it also happens that I enjoy this space yeah yeah it helps and people tend to be excited to teach here yeah I don't know if it's because you show interest and there's not a group of 10 to 15 people trailing behind or whether, you know, it's just a space for it. But I've felt my clinical learning has has definitely improved. That's such an interesting insight that the teachers are even more keen to teach, to actually deliver the knowledge in the rural areas. It makes sense. Tell me, what is one piece of advice that you wish you were given before starting your medical journey for everything that you've been through? Is there one thing you would have liked to have been told before starting? The journey is long Mm. and it doesn't stop at the end of medical school. And as all of my peers and I get towards the tail end of the degree, we realise And we've always sort of thought about it, but we realise you have to keep living your life, essentially, to keep being motivated in this work. And I think I would have loved to just encourage myself more to keep those extracurricular activities Mm. and family time at the forefront of your practice in your work because it only gets busier 
and learning how to balance that is always going to be a work in progress but exercising that muscle can start from the beginning Mm. and so that's something I would probably encourage right from the beginning Mm. and we try sometimes and succeed and sometimes we don't but to keep reminding ourselves of that is something that I would share Mm. with prospective students who will come in Mm. and be stressed. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, Kaz, what is it about medicine that you think you could never have prepared for? Just the variety of human experience, I think. Yeah. I think even when you're exposed to a lot, you think, I've got a good breadth of knowledge of different life styles or experiences. But then you get into medicine and you really do meet some incredible and interesting people and you go, I know nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I know nothing. And being open to that and being able to take on people's stories and see what people have honestly overcome or are just positive in that being a part of their life gives you a newfound appreciation and perspective to your own I think Mm -hmm. and the people around you and every day you have little reminders of how good things are even in the hard times so I would honestly thank all of the different patients that I've seen that have gone through tough times because they are the ones that I've learned the most from I think Mm. so I don't think anything could have prepared me from the teaching I would get from them. That's Kaz Mann a medical student at the Rural Clinical School campus in Orange New South Wales. This is Destination Medicine thanks for listening. Regional training hubs are supported by funding from the Australian Government under the Rural Health Multidisciplinary Training Program. 